I can't log into YouTube because I tried to upload a Malcolm in the Middle clip when I was a teenager. Uh, <laughs> oh. So they permanently banned me. Oh, you yeah. got Malcolm. I have no choice but to watch all of Tim's videos in one sitting. Did you reply saying you're not the boss of me? <laughs> that didn't help. Believe it or not, that did not help. So would you say that you, you now are Malcolm on the outside? Is that who you are? That's I don't know me. what that means. Well, I'm just glad you're not Malcolm on the inside. They didn't throw you in the slammer. I'm ready for the uh, the gritty reboot, Malcolm at the end. Oh, yeah, Malcolm at the end. That god darn guy. That would be a real name of something, Malcolm at the end. Like, that sounds like a, a 2020 movie to me. Malcolm's gonna die, it could be called. Uh, <laughs> let's Malcolm our way to the start of this show, shall we? Johnny's gonna die. It's Big Boy's diaper show. There you go. <laughs> yes, that's a real phrase that means That one something. made a little less sense than usual. Go tell Aunt Rhody that everybody's insert credit, the relentlessly taped <laughs> talk show where three game biz pros must reach a consensus on every topic introduced within six minutes or be confronted by a horrible buzzer. Six minutes? Yeah, one day early. I'm Alex Jaffe, and this is my best Sean Bean impression. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Oh, nice. oh that's not very good. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud. It isn't, no. Uh, my name is Frank Cifaldi. I don't know who Sean Bean is. Yes, you do. I saw do. Lord of the Rings once. He's uh, not in it. He's not in it? He's in Lord yeah. of the Rings. What? He's not, is he the one who says the line? That he's Alex the one Jaffe who says, just... uh, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Yeah, that's him. Wow, that's Bean Bean? I didn't realize that. Oops. Yeah, that's him. I thought we were making jokes. Well, what else is he in? Uh, he's in Game of Thrones. I yeah, you should that. watch Game of Thrones. Nah. I think you'd like Game of Thrones. <laughs> No, nah, I'm good. That's a good answer to that. Uh, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Oh, Thanks. that's pretty good. Thanks. Um, I, I'm Tim Rogers, and uh, this is my best Sean Bean impression. Ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. You're afraid of how good it is. It would upset everybody. You'd be like, whoa, it's, he, it's really him. He's here. Yeah, yeah. And then we would all, uh, we would all really just, uh, it would be, get really uncomfortable after that. Yeah, I'm uh, Brandon Sheffield, and I'm not I'm not going to actually try to replicate his voice, although I know that this was a Patreon request. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, if I... Don't if give it I away. Were, if I were to emulate <laughs> Sean Bean, I, I would be like, oh, here's a bunch of nonsense about planets that doesn't make any sense, and here's a bunch of other stuff that doesn't make any sense. I'm in Jupiter Ascending. That's what he Yeah, he is oh, in that movie. Oh, I saw movie. that one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that he, movie. He, he's in it not making any sense. One does not simply ascend into Jupiter. That's right. Right. No, it's actually the line is Jupiter does not simply ascend. <laughs> My favorite yes. line in that movie is uh, she tells people that uh, her friends call her Jupe and they don't acknowledge it. And no one in the movie Jupe. ever calls her Jupe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Why I would love anyone it. call anyone Jupe? And it's not, it's not like played as a joke. You know what I mean? Like she just says, and my friends call me Jupe and no one in the movie ever. Nobody ever calls her Jupe. It's brilliant. I hate that uh, movie. Brandon, you won last week's episode. So when did I do that? you get to ask the first question. Uh oh. <laughs> That's cool. I feel like I wasn't fully aware of that. Okay. Well, here is something that I've been thinking about on the insert credit forum, which is how to fix the Sega timeline so that Sega was still releasing consoles at least through PS4 era. Okay, just uh, a couple of like things about it are we can go back in time kind of like go and save Lincoln style. So we know basically what Nintendo 
and Sony are going to do, you know, within reason, like our actions don't affect what they do kind of thing. So we can plan around that. I don't think we can release consoles ahead of time unless we know they were ready, but we can release consoles later. We can cancel consoles. We can shuffle executives, that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, so we, we can go back in time and we have full control of Sega. Yes. And can we go back to one time or are we... We we can jumping we can around. rewrite the whole thing. We're jumping around. We're gonna we're we're it's like we're playing Sega Gaga for real, um, but starting at the beginning. Okay, I, I think it's more interesting if it's just like do one thing and hope for the best. So I'm gonna okay, answer sure. it that way. Assuming that the story in the book Console Wars is true, and that uh, Sony approached Sega for a console partnership, I'd try that. I'd try I'd try getting them to agree to basically make the PlayStation. Um, It might burn them later, but my bet is that if Sony, who back then was just a consumer electronics company, um, for the most part, if they became comfortable with Sega being sort of their console distributor, uh, they may never, you know, be inspired to go their own way. And uh, we might just have Sega PlayStation 4. That's an interesting one. I think that a reason that that could work if we were just, you know, making the executives say okay is Ken Kutaragi's story that he told me, which maybe I've shared on this podcast. I don't remember. Um, we, we were having dinner in Tokyo and at a nice sushi restaurant, and he was talking about how we basically have Sega to thank for the PlayStation because Sony went around when they realized that nobody was going to partner with them. They went around and asked all the big game developers, what do you want in a game console? And what everybody said was, we want to make 3D games like Sega's doing in the arcade. And so they basically built their architecture around the idea of beating the Sega arcade or emulating it at least. And then Sega didn't do that. And so Sony was like, they had that whole market cornered. So if that had been kind of shored up, that might actually be an interesting proposition. Another thought that I had was the Saturn cartridge, if that had actually played Genesis games, and uh, if the Saturn was um, polygon-based instead of quads. Why do you think backwards compatibility would have saved the company? Well, I think (laughs) there was, at the time, a lot of outcry about Sega releasing too many consoles. Like, there were these news stories Oh, the Outcry Babies. Got it. Yeah, the Outcry Outcry Babies. babies. But the, the Outcry Babies were the ones buying the consoles for the kids at that time i do believe i was gonna say the outcry babies is my favorite uh, namco rolling yeah. thunder spinoff uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, um, uh, that's a yeah. joke you can only make on this podcast can i just say i love all the sega consoles as an individual who just recently purchased a, a mega everdrive pro yeah. for my analog uh sg uh, for some this. mysterious reason, I purchased those items. We'll get into that later. Uh, I love all those Sega consoles, but I'll be god darned if as a teenager in the years 1994 and 1993 and a little bit of 1995, I did not also feel that there were too many consoles. Yeah. I think, th- I think there were too many consoles. Mm-hmm. I think they had too many cooks in somehow in too many kitchens. They were Definitely. multi-kitchen, multi-cooking. And I think they could have... Uh, Here's here's also here's an anecdote uh, that I've told before on this show. So let's tell it again. I was there when the Dreamcast came out. I was working at a, a software, etc. at College Mall in Bloomington, Indiana. And I remember when I was there when the PlayStation 2 came out and there was a PlayStation 2 kiosk right next to the Dreamcast kiosk and kids were coming in 
and yelling at the PlayStation 2, just yelling at it and completely ignoring the Dreamcast. And I'll tell you why. There's two reasons. Number one, the Dreamcast was the uh, old at that point, right? Two. Uh, number two, and this is the big one, the Dreamcast was displaying NFL 2K, beautiful looking video game for its time, and the PlayStation 2 had Madden on it. And the kids were yelling, yo, that Madden's tight. Dude, Madden's so tight. They kept saying it was tight. Madden's so tight. That Madden is tight. And it's like, they should have had Madden on the Dreamcast. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Also, it should have played DVDs. Should have played DVDs. Davids. Davids. Yeah, it should have played Davids. Yeah. Should have played the question. A question that cannot be serviced in six minutes. Indeed. I think that's a back burner one, too. Yeah, let's do that Okay, we'll put that on the back burner. Here's my next question. How can video games best reward and encourage patience? Oh, that one's for the outcry babies. Well, I, I had a real uh, dumb joke, which is that in in that trauma center, um, fixing them up, that's how you reward patients. Hey! Fixing them up and sending them on their way. ha hoo hee hoo ha Yeah, but I mean, is uh, can you really consider treatment a reward? Are you not buying into some meritocratic philosophy by assuming that treatment is a reward for a patient? It's Brandon? capitalism, Tim. Deal with it. <laughs> I don't like it. Love it or leave it. I don't love it. And I've tried to leave it. I'd love to leave it. How can we leave it? I've tried so hard to leave it. It would be great. My whole life. I hate this country. You want to talk about how much I hate this country? We can do that later. Let's let's talk about that. (laughs) Do that later. We'll talk about that if it's a question. (laughs) Well, I would say a game that rewards patience, sort of, is that progress quest game where you just watch the bars go up Mm -hmm. and just leave it passive on your desktop because I found that I was more rewarded when i wasn't checking it all the time and i would come back and be like oh look at all this stuff that happened that's pretty cool it's not exactly right but it sort of does is that rewarding patience i I feel like it only rewards patience if you can actively do things with it other than waiting yeah i guess it's not it's rewarding dictuitiveness more than patience yeah so it'd have to be like i just keep thinking of something where you maybe save up your resources and and don't spend them and if you're very patient with that then you get rewarded with the good gun or something but nothing specific's coming to mind i mean i i my initial answer death stranding i think is pretty close because early in death stranding brandon did you get to the part where the game quote unquote gets good yet where you get access to vehicles and and cyborg augmentations and uh, guns and whatever did you get to that part yet? i got a bike but i did not get a gun Oh, okay, okay. So you're you're like getting to the tip of the iceberg. So there's there's a long on ramp to Death Stranding where Hideo Kojima in interviews acknowledged that the game is quote unquote boring for the first couple hours yeah. uh, on purpose. He wants to basically force players to pay attention to it, and it's like that got a lot of people who who were not even interested in playing the game up in arms about it, which was uh, on Twitter on the uh, social media. However, I think the beginning of the game was pretty fun. But on at the same time, you were just punished severely for uh, walking too fast. If you were <laughs> trying to get somewhere too fast and your guy stepped on a rock and just fell all over the place and spilled his stuff everywhere. And you just you looked like a complete buffoon. I don't know if that's the same as rewarding patients by just telling you to just walk nice and slow. Just take your time. You're rewarded by accomplishing the mission. I don't know if that's rewarding patients as much as it's punishing uh, impatience. Impatience. What's the difference? Though? I feel like it's kind of on the path there. I mean, just as an aside, I actually, the reason I stopped playing Death Stranding is because it was starting to do the get good stuff. And I was actually 
having a better time just walking around an environment without having a bunch of enemies to harass me. And that, that I didn't really wasn't super interested in that part. But I think that extending from your point, the Shenmue games and stuff where you got to like balance these books and walk, walk them down this path. And it takes you like an hour and you're just constantly doing it. And it's almost like um, not to be trite, but almost like a meditative experience where you're just you're trying to do the same thing over and over but it's not done the exact same way every time you still have to control it similar to a stranding game Mm -hmm. and uh you are rewarded in two ways theoretically one is with the in-game rewards that you get and the other is in a potential meditative mind state that i have seen some people get into when they play games like shenmue uh michael Kerwin, he wouldn't talk about it as meditative but he definitely was compelled to complete all of these mundane tasks and just like have a shenmue schedule like the the, the daily schedule of shenmue where you get up and you take out the apple and the banana from the cupboard that replenishes your your stamina or whatever and There's stuff that you have to do every day that takes time and can't be made to take any less time. And if you think about it as part of a routine, it becomes comforting. But if you think about it as a chore, it's it's a chore. So it's almost if you can encourage that mindset within yourself, it's rewarding in a larger way, maybe Mm. 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 in that you have a peaceful thing and not a video game right like yeah all of this sounds terrible to me it's it's like i think patience is a a terrible thing to uh encourage in a video game yeah patience sucks (laughs) i mean final fantasy 6 has that cursed shield that uh, afflicts you with all status ailments and uh if you wear it for 256 battles it transforms into the paladin shield which teaches you ultima that's a I mean, okay, so it sounds like that's about perseverance, not about patience. It's about just putting up with this these horrible status ailments for 256 battles. However, by the point in the game that you get that weapon, either the cursed shield or the cursed ring, you get to choose one or the other, and they both do similar things. Uh, by the time you get to that point in the game, the battles are really just a, a non-issue. You can just fight easy battles anywhere, and it's just that's just all about patience and more waiting than anything else i'm gonna i'm gonna answer real quick even though the buzzer went off i I just thought to myself that encouraging better critical hits in an rpg would definitely encourage patience as opposed to going for the higher hits right Uh, i feel i feel like grinding is does it encourage patience or not we should talk about this later too grinding i mean you also want to just talk the easy answer counter-strike uh being a a sniper right yeah camp i mean that's that's 100 percent uh, mm. patience just yep. be a, being a sniper because you're just waiting uh are, am i going to change position or am i going to stay right here and just wait for this guy to come down this way my next question is what's wrong with america oh <laughs> wow <Stop it. laughs> yeah what a coincidence no my actual no. next question is who would you ask to teach the master class online game design course and who would be most likely to actually do it oh man well i want to i want to <laughs> pose a question to the room are we doing this to teach people the best or are we doing this because we run masterclass and we want the most money (laughs) Uh, that's That's a good good question question. i guess maybe we could try for for both okay right what's your answer my answer is raf coster Mm. because he's written books about it he loves Mm. talking about it he's inspiring when he talks about it and he's a smart guy and personable and enjoyable to interact with now would you learn the absolute most from him I don't know. I feel you'd get like inspired, though. you'd get inspired. 
and you think about stuff. I feel like sometimes when Raf Koster talks about stuff, I feel to an extent like I'm learning about the present or the past, but not the future. But I don't know if that's a problem. Okay. (laughs) Good answer. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent answer. Oh, I got uh, another one. I believe it's wrong because that's not who <laughs> that's I mean, Raf Coster's a cool guy, but he's not, he wouldn't be the one masterclass uh, yeah. advertises on Facebook. Right. right. He doesn't have that star he power. Have, he doesn't have that Facebook uh, advertisement star power appeal. So it'd be more like Rob Pardo or somebody like, nah, some... like <laughs> Cliff Plazinski, I think, would be. <laughs> oh, right. That's, who you tried out there. And then he would be like, I haven't really done these. They would do Cliff Blazinski teaches level design, I think. If there was yeah. a that I think that's a separate topic. Yeah. I think it would it would just absolutely be Tim Schaefer. They would get Tim Schaefer to do it if they got somebody. Yeah, I guess so. For whatever reason. I mean, say what you will. Tim Schaefer's cool. They would get him to do it because he's the guy. I know who, nothing about no online games. Wait, no, when you say online masterclass, don't you just you mean it's online. You mean yeah, it's literally I, yeah. a masterclass. It's not about online games. It's not right? about online games. No. Oh, okay. well, that's why I said Raf Coster because we were talking yeah, about online games online. like yeah. MMOs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, LMAO. I still liked your answer, even just in general. Yeah, I, think. I was just a, yeah. kind of trying to remind you that it was about the master class service and not just the generic phrase master yeah, class. The generic oh, phrase master class. Well, you confused me more by trying to confuse me less. Great. I'll tell you what, uh, GDC has a thing called GDC master class that they've sent me about 18 emails for. Yeah. Um, and the design one that they have on December 4th is with, uh, Susan O'Connor, how to bring story and gameplay together. So that is, that's the answer. It's Susan oh, O'Connor. Man. You want to know some inside info about what is actually the most popular among all of these? Uh, um, I think it's okay to say this. Uh, sure. I'm trying to guess. No, I don't have a guess. Okay. They cap the number of students that these classes can have. And there's one class. They had to cap it very, very quickly. And it, it may possibly surprise you which one it was. Uh, can I guess? Yes, please. It's advanced publisher pitching with uh, Jason Della Roca. Not. Is okay. it the Steve Martin comedy one? Yeah, the Steve Martin <laughs> comedy one. Frank, do you have a list of them? Do you want to do you want to look at it? I, I see a list of five of them, December third and fourth. I don't okay, know. Okay, what else you got on there? That. Clinton Keith, leadership skills, uh, making game trailers with Derek Liu, uh, psychology and game UX with Celia Hoden, and uh, the two that I've already mentioned. It may surprise you to learn it is the Clinton Keith one because he is a scrum master, and everyone got there and wants to learn about scrum <laughs> from Clinton Keith scrum lord oh <laughs> and so they had they had to cut off clinton keith's number of participants in like a day because everyone the wants kids to... love agile game development they love agile gaming <laughs> kids love scrum <laughs> it's uh it was a surprise to me but you know clinton keith he's been he was the head of high moon studios for a long time they made that like they called like dark watch or something remember that like vampire third person shooter I can I can picture a, a key art and it says Dark Watch and yes. it's vampire. Dark Watch. I think it was called Dark Watch. Anyway, he was there and then found that people were just asking him to make agile games. I mean, like teach them how to do agile sprints and stuff. And then he wound up just doing that for a living for the last like ten years. Wow, <laughs> it's wild. Apparently, That's there's ridiculous. enough demand for that. Yeah. So Clinton Keith. Masterclass, very popular. But he doesn't. Apparently. It's not game design though. That's no, uh, it's not. That, that's production. So yeah, I guess if we're talking to anybody, Cliff Blazinski would be would be a good one. Right, it, it's scenario number two. If it's all right, like, all right. So I just googled game designer, okay, and <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at all of the faces at the top of the page, 
I can imagine any of these. We, we've mentioned almost none of these people. Tim Schafer, there he is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tim Schafer's all the way over on the right side of my ultra wide monitor, right next to Ron Gilbert. Um, I believe all of all of these people to the left here that I'm looking at, they would be more likely to be in a masterclass. So this is who I'm assuming I would see in a masterclass ad when I click on one of my own videos to read my comments uh, and I get a masterclass ad that I, I can't skip sometimes. Uh, I would assume any of these people would be on there. So Sid Meier, yeah. Jonathan Blow, yeah. uh, Ken Levine. Oh, it mm. might be Jonathan Blow. That's that's three uh, of them that uh, I could imagine being. Uh, Will Wright uh, would be in there for sure. Yeah, w Will Wright is not on this list, which is a darn shame. Well, so far I'd say it's Will Wright, Sid Meier, or Cliff Blazinski. It has to be a name, you know, like the masterclass thing. Masterclass writing is like Neil Gaiman, right? It like, needs it's right. Yeah, be, yeah. You know, you know who it actually would be. Me and I just, I've just realized it'd be Warren Spector because they get him to do everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they get more inspector to, to do everything all right question number four which video games have the most upsetting color palettes oh ew <laughs> well what's the what kind of color palettes are you thinking about me uh, i'm colorblind everybody, everybody. no i'm oh. saying everybody what, what, this, uh, this is just my way of trying to get the question i'm, I'm turning a tanker around i was uh, playing that gun <laughs> rounds game if you know that game it's on phones and it's one of those ones similar to Downwell, where you can just unlock a million color palettes. It's like a primarily two color game. A million horrifying color palettes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so some of them are good. Some of them are just like pink and green in a way that makes you unable to see anything. So I guess probably the worst ones would be the ones what, where you can't see nothing. Well, I've mentioned this game in the past, and I want to be clear that I think it's interesting and I, and I might enjoy it, but it's the only game that's ever made me physically ill playing it, which is Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, the color palette may have had something to do with it. It's very pink and green, and it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable to look at. But Ooh. again, I think it works in its favor in the same way that me saying that it made me sick was almost a compliment. I think that it kind of wanted to. I guess brown is an answer, like that 360 brown era. What was the old brown gray? Yeah, it was it was fine, but there was too much of it for sure. Everything being brown gray was like on top of everything having to be shiny because of normal maps being exciting, just <laughs> made everything look very the same. So I guess I'd I'd probably have to put that one up, the Chipotle colors. I feel like there were some brown Genesis games. I'm thinking like Dune 2. Mm -hmm. Or Dune, the Battle for Arrakis, uh, which was pre, uh, basically Command and Conquer before Command and Conquer, and I feel like that had a certain brownness that emanated from my CRT television that made me feel uneasy. Yeah, it did not stop me from playing that game till its wheels fell right off the spice truck. I played the trash out of that game. That was a kind of a disturbing color palette. The most disturbing color palette in video game history in a finished game of a game that I played, in my opinion in my experience is has anybody know the game gym power for the super oh, yeah. nintendo it was packaged oh, the with palette though with 3d glasses it's the it's the color palette man there's too many colors in there it's got well, it's it's the, it's the 3d effect i mean we it's got uh, the parallax it's got the 3d it. it's uh, i played this with you you did yeah yeah it's just real bad looking and i feel like maybe the parallax and maybe the 3d effect is uh, to blame however I remember the colors just like the legit hurting my eyes. If the colors had been better, I don't know, man. I just, that was the first game that came up when you said, it. I'm going to look up Jim Power. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's okay. I mean, I can, I can see that the color palette is not maybe ideal, but it's not immediately making me sick. But 
The 3D effect certainly did. The 3D effect is, is god-awful. And I don't know I, if you recall, but... I got a two-minute unskippable ad. We beat the game, and, and in the last level, there are platforms that move on their own, as there are in several levels, actually, that kind of go in maybe a, a Z shape and go very quickly while the 3D parallax effect is happening. And God, uh, that 3D parallax is awful. I'm looking at it right now. The only way we got past that was in the emulator we were using to turn, turn off the, the background off. layer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to finish. And the game suddenly became very easy. I feel like there are, I'm looking at this right now and the colors are very bad. The colors are like the, there's a green, like brambles. I'm 43 minutes, 55 seconds into a world of long plays video. There's green brambles in the background that are moving aggressively uh, with the parallax effect that are the same color as the ground that you're walking on. And it's like, that's just like unconscionable. So I don't know. That's just me. I mean, the real answer, I don't know, Virtual Boy. There, that's, that's an, how's that for an answer? <laughs> <laughs> how's that? Every game yeah, on qualifies. Virtual Boy. I think Every if it's game. one color on black, I think red's fine. Uh, yeah. Jim Power made me feel sick recently. Uh, last night, in fact, because I was, I was working on a, wow, a project. Wow, something in the air over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I was working on a project. I can't, I can't keep watching this. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry, I almost had like an aneurysm. I tested all the first tracks of all the PC Engine games to see if they had unique warning sounds. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Jim Power in my list of games here, There's I realized... There's a PC Engine Jim Power? There is. Oh, yeah, they didn't stop with that thing. They didn't make very many of them, and mine is sealed. And so I just looked it up on eBay, and then I became a little sick to my stomach because I realized I couldn't, I couldn't open it unless I wanted to lose a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And so it made me it made me feel ill about capitalism uh, because I actually didn't open it. Um, man, when's that analog duo coming out, man? Yeah, dude. I'll, I, I want to buy one within the three seconds. It's possible. Yeah, I'd like to something try. to know is that for no reason at all, Pico Interactive is porting Jim Power to the NES. So I saw that. Wow. Kill me. Yeah. And they're bringing that PC Engine one back out. for. Yeah, some sure. Time to play the adaptation game. This is the one where I tell you a thing you need to adapt into a video game, and you uh-huh. have six minutes to come up with how to do that. Okay. Uh, this week we're doing 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh! Yeah, I'd play that. Ow. I think it'd just be chill, dude. I don't mm. know. I don't know. Kojima made a Tarkovsky-like walking simulator. I'd, I'd be cool with just the chill. I don't know, docking your space shuttle into a space station minigame. We got all this public domain, Blue Danube waltz and whatnot. Just blast, and it's all public domain on YouTube audio library. Just get all the music, go wild with it. I don't want to be too cute about this, but I I would probably do a Pac Man two style. I'm playing as Hal, and I'm messing with everybody on this station while trying not to let them know that I exist. So in a semi serious way, is well, they, they know how semi serious way? Yeah, I didn't mean exist, but they don't know that he's messing with. So here's what you would do. Okay, yeah. no, no joke. You would have to make it a collection of four games like live alive for the super famicom one of which sure could be your point and clicky your how 9000 game that could be the, that would be the final uh, not that would be the second to last game one of them is you're a monkey you got a big bone yeah it's a four segment no movie. no it's not just you're a monkey it's you're an 8-bit monkey yeah in an nes style platform game that's like really bad and has weird collision mm-hmm. and then jumping on monoliths as you progress through it, the graphics seamlessly transition into Super Nintendo. So what's the Super Not Nintendo Not some one? nonsense like that stupid The Messenger game. 
where I was playing the messenger and uh, someone repeatedly was asking, have you gotten to the good part yet? And then I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I was like, I played most of it. What was the good part? He's like, oh, it's the part where it becomes like a Super Nintendo game. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I got way past that. Uh, the, I didn't know that was supposed to be the good part. It would be the good part in the monkey portion of 2001 A Space Odyssey. It would slowly, like, the pixels would slowly transition into Super Nintendo. And then the, the end of it, it would be like arcade-style Street Fighter. And then it would, like, turn into, like, Primal Rage, like digitized monkeys <laughs> fighting each other. And then you throw <laughs> the bone and then it becomes the a spaceship. And then you have, I mean, Lunar Lander is one of the most compelling video games of all time to this day, in my opinion. I love Lunar Lander, and it's a simple game about just landing a spaceship. So I would love to have like a two-hour-long docking space shuttle to, to a good waltzy tune. Complicated Terranigma. Yeah, that's just Quaternions gone wild. I would love that. Uh, I would and really love that. Too. That's Descent. That's a... Uh, that's my six degrees of freedom. And then there would be a, like a police knots style investigation. That would be part three. And then you would have Hal 9000. And then you would have a, uh, you would get Irim or not Irim, uh, 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 Granzella, makers of R type, to direct a, a Star Child style, really, really wild uh, looking uh, Darius Burst Chronicle Saviors graphical fidelity level Star Child shooting game as the final game. Yeah, I'm thinking a dyad sort of thing. Yeah, except it would be a it would be a two D side scrolling. That's what I would do. Somebody get me a billion. Let's Kubrick this thing. I would play this game. It would it would be just like a multi tour. That's the only way to do it. That that entire film is just uh, seared into my brain, and I've only seen it four times in my life because I I can't dare watch it too many times. I only watch it in seventy millimeter, uh, as anyone should. Recently watched an unrestored seventy millimeter print right before the uh, the shutdown happened at the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, New York, which will return to its former glory as soon as there's a cure for the plague. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, it, yeah I <laughs> yeah. love the Museum of the Moving Image. Beautiful place. One of my well, favorite films. It's a good movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd play it. It's my favorite Kubrick. I like this HAL 9000 punking, uh, punking the astronauts. Yeah, that's a good bit. Thing. Jeffy, what is, your, uh, what is your Kubrick rubric for uh, which Oh, which my one Kubrick is rubric? Yes. My Kubrick. Uh, gotta have big red eyes. Gotta okay. have rectangles. What about, Gotta, so what, what's your stance on uh, hexagons, for example? Oh, uh, they're right out. Oh, no hexagons. So, no uh, hexagons. Not so much. Too many angles. Thing. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Too many angles. Right. I, I have some thoughts on Kubrick, but I'm not going to share them here. Instead, I'm going to say we'll be right back after a quick break. Anybody who calls him Stanley Kubrick? Yes, I might say Kubrick. I know a lot of people like that, and then it's you. You know enough people like that, and eventually you're like, I don't know, is, is that right? Am I wrong? <laughs> I think I might say that. I don't know. Do you? I don't know. <laughs> try, try saying it right now. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. I say Kubrick. Well, you do. Yeah. I've never Stanley met Kubrick. anyone who said Kubrick. Heck. Welcome back to Insert Credit. This question comes from Patreon subscriber Blue Milk. Every week Uh-oh. I like to pull a question out of the dirt bag uh, to address our panel with. And you can get in on that action by going to patreon.com slash insert credit. 
subscribing at any level, uh, not only do you get that opportunity, you also get access to episodes one day early, and you get some bonus content we like to put up there from time to time. One day uh, early. Just a bunch of us hanging out. So are, are we saying that blue milk is dirt or blue milk's question is dirt? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, the questions think... are dirt. The bag is full of yeah, dirt. The question is coming from the dirt bag. So it's, yes. it is the question. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Got it. There we go. Welcome back to the dirt bag. Blue milk asks, who would you cast as the Cacho for an American version of Game Center CX? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I actually thought about this before. It has to be someone who just rolls with the punches, who's always mm -hmm. got a really positive attitude. Mm. And the only entertainer that I could come up with who's done a show uh, where he's always just kind of in a bad situation, but is always gung-ho about it is what's the name mike rowe from dirty jobs oh dirty jobs Never seen i don't know that. if you've seen that show okay it's a show called dirty jobs and he just he goes around to like sewage treatment plants and learns how they do their jobs and does them usually covered in feces and says stuff like wow nah he's he's, no, he's all right <laughs> he's all right he's just a dude you know and he he talks to people uh as if uh he is their equal and it's nice neat. yeah it's an all right show so that is that is my answer because I've thought about this before. I don't know if he has any interest in video games, but I think he would just be down to figuring it out. I have a really hard time imagining this because you know that some YouTuber is going to want to do it. Yeah. Oh, there's been at least three dozen who have tried, I'm sure. And uh, none of us want that. Also, isn't this just what a Let's Play is? Come on. Kind of, yeah. Except with somebody there that you know knows stuff about it and will say facts about it instead of things that they made up no one wants that no i wonder if it should be a replication of the show or if it should have its own american twist where like well i mean clearly it would have an american twist have you ever seen for example the classic british reality show uh kitchen nightmares with gordon ramsay mm -hmm. yeah and then have you ever tried to watch the u.s equivalent same guy same concept, different country, different producers. It's the, the difference is huge. So if there were an American Game Center CX, it would use that weird public domain reality TV music. The editing mm -hmm. would be all fast and, and uh, obnoxious. Another good example would be Iron Chef versus Iron Chef America. Oh, yeah, that's probably the best yeah. example. Yeah, I'm assuming it would be uh, it would it would also be like edgy and not funny. Right. I also think it would be not funny. Yeah, it would be like are you serious right now? That sort of thing. And then cutting yeah. people off in like mid-syllable, you know, a whole lot of that. Just like, well, we don't have to do the bad one. Well, yeah, <laughs> we could try to make it good. I'm being realistic. A, a way to make it cool would be some affable person playing through it. And the director of the video game is there with them and they can. Oh, sure. Sure. Ask questions. And uh, that's the dream. Give prompts. And that's this a Conan O'Brien bit. Uh, kind of, but I think... Except he uh, only engages with the video game for like 15 minutes and right. uh, only says like the meanest possible stuff about yeah. it. And we have, this has to be a challenge. It's We, we lose mm -hmm. the heart of it if it's not a challenge to beat the game. Right. Yeah. yeah, guy has to actually play through the whole game. And they've got to be earnest about it and not looking for the worst stuff constantly, which is right. the key. And, that, and that's why it has to be someone who, like I said, rolls with the punches, right? Who, mm -hmm. when a game gets frustrating... You know, they don't say angry video game nerd pee, -pee in my ear hole or whatever stuff. A pee, pee in my ear hole. <laughs> is that what he says? You know, <laughs> you know who could do this better than anyone in the world who? is Ryan Reynolds. 
I watched. Oh, yeah. That's a great option. Yes. I watched a video where Ryan yes. Reynolds was playing the Deadpool game with some god darn. I don't even want to. I don't even know who it is. Some YouTuber who had like 50 million subscribers or something. I I mean, this guy I'd never heard of. It was it was in my recommendations because I was uh, logged into the, the Kotaku.com YouTube account. And that's the sort of thing you get recommended. And I was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds playing the Deadpool game. And man, him sitting next to that other guy <laughs> who the other guy is just like, oh, yeah, this is like when you were in the Deadpool movie. And Ryan Reynolds <laughs> was just was just so cool. I'm like, oh, my God, uh, I'm not like the hugest fan of this guy, uh, whoever that is. I don't know. Uh, the Deadpool movies, they're OK. Uh, however, wow, what a really, really cool guy. I was very shocked because usually I'm immune to thinking people on the Internet or on TV are like cool guys, you know, because normally I don't want to admit that I think anybody's cool. And then I was like, well, I guess Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is, is really cool. And I was like, he's also pretty good at playing this video game. And uh, if you want to see a guy suffer through a video game, that's Oscar worthy version of that. You know, I think it's a similar personality to the guy I mentioned. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, a patient dad who's got a good attitude. Yeah. yeah. He's Detective Pikachu's dad or whatever yeah, so, the answer sort is. Of the, uh, <laughs> whatever the twist is in that movie. This isn't exactly the right <laughs> thing, but I would definitely watch. The reason it's not right is I don't think he would actually want to complete challenges. But I would definitely watch Snoop Dogg play through video games and oh, make Snoop commentary Dogg loves, about them. Loves Madden. Yeah, he likes a lot of these games. But Ryan Reynolds, that's a good answer. Yeah. Snoop Dogg would have to be the 15-minute Conan O'Brien segment show, not the So in other words, Ryan show. Reynolds can do it when he's like 65 years old and he's not in as many movies anymore, I think, is when you want to ideally start producing this. Good answer. You, you, I like you want to you want to be able to get him pretty cheap, and also when he's an old guy, I think he'll be even funnier than he is now. Yeah. So there's there's that's my answer. Uh, here's a question that's been in my drafts for a while, and finally asking it here: If you had to place five video games on the elemental plinths from the Fifth Element, <laughs> which would you choose? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I have been I've been sitting on I I all I I have a 4K UHD. Uh, you ate a blu-ray of the fifth element and i'm yeah. just dying to put it on this tv uh that my 77 inch oled i love one of my favorite stupid films it is at the top of my 4k blu-ray queue on gamefly currently oh hey i uh, <laughs> i actually bought it when i bought my first 4k tv and we watched it once ready to watch it again for the 300th time or whatever speaking one, of one jupiter thing, ascending uh, about watching that movie is is don't watch it with anyone who is a woman uh, and don't watch it as a woman or else you'll have a bad time. Ah. It's really, really bad about that stuff. The, it's uh, the fifth element. The, the, the whole um, sexy There's baby five of them. idea. Is sexy just, anyway. baby. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, that. There's, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Uh, as a movie to look at, though, you know. Oh, Ooh. yeah, love looking at it. I've watched it about 10 times. I mean. The Ruby Rod, Ruby Rod. You I'm know? just saying you got to really ignore a lot of real bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, Ruby Rod is in there. Ruby Rod, the first YouTuber. It's a live action anime, Charlie. I have a question about the plinth. Yeah. Yeah. In the plinthesis, you got to put the actual element on there. Onto so the stone. Yeah. Yeah. Are we just putting a game case on here? Yeah, you're we... just putting a game case on there. Okay. So I don't yeah. have to put like a hedgehog on here. No. Okay. Well, Sonic 2. <laughs> yeah. Is one Son of them. Sonic 2 goes on which one? Wind. Wind? Because he's got to go fast. All right. Not Klonoa of the wind. What are, what are the plants? Is it the same as the planeteers? 
it's the same yeah. as the Palahina Tears. It's, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, there's the the heart. The fifth element is heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Earth. Okay. Well. Okay. So if I remember Captain Planet and the Planeteers, the Planeteer with heart never quite understood his power, but he had a monkey. He had a monkey. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably Donkey Kong Country for heart. Oh, DKC. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Earth is definitely Dune, the battle for Arrakis for Sega Genesis. <laughs> because that's got some, that's got some just like earthy looking sand. Not Dig that's Dug. Some brown. Not Earthbound. Uh, Dig Dug is pretty, pretty good. Earthbound. It sounds kind of earthy, but no, it doesn't make me, doesn't, doesn't feel like dirt to me. Water is Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Fire. Fire, fire. fire is Sonic 3 because you can get the fire shield. <laughs> <laughs> Which five Sonics? Fire is, uh, is, is Sakurazaka Shobotai by IREM, by the Disaster Report Team's Firefighter Simulator game for PlayStation 2. Did anybody else ever play that? It should be Burning Rangers. Oh, yeah. No, Sakurazaka Shobotai is better. It's not better. Have you played it? I've only watched a video of it. I've never played it. It rules. It's not better than Burning Rangers. It certainly doesn't have a better theme song. and doesn't have the word burning in it. Yeah, Burning Rangers is uh, is marginally a firefighter video game. You shoot fire. Also, shouldn't those games be water, ideally? Uh, earth? Fire? Wind? Wait, what about Far Cry 2, where you could set a fire and it would propagate across the entire game world? Oh, man, I've got a Far Cry 6 code on a slip of paper sitting right here under my keyboard. Well, that's not my fault. What about yeah, Firewatch? I, I guess I have to get the Firewatch doesn't have any fire in it. Doesn't have that's any fire in it. You're just waiting for something to light on fire. I mean, maybe maybe something does. Man, I can't that's say. a game that teaches you patience if you're waiting for hey. the fire. Yeah, you're watching. Fire watch, watch dogs. When am I going to have a game that lets me actually do something that is sitting around? <laughs> um, what about Skies of Arcadia? Sleeping Dogs, that game, uh, that rewards patience because you're just waiting yeah. for the dogs to wake up. Put that on right. the dog plinth. Yeah. <laughs> dogs. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Skies of Arcadia is a good wind game, yeah. Breath of Fire, Fire Emblem. Fire nah. Emblem. Fire Emblem doesn't have enough nah. fire. No, no, no fire, fire. No, not Man, quite enough. Any game that has fire on an HDR display is. Uh, oh my god! Sonic god, 3. I want to play. I want to play God of War. Man, I played Demon Souls remake on the PS5 on this TV. Does it have fire? Man, every yeah, fire, fire on that TV. Oh man, there's dragon fire. I always have to like tell my Squint. wife, "Look, fire!" Like I point at it. And I'm like, "Look, that HD- fire." Oh man, I I now realize fully. I okay, admit. less than a minute left. I need your final answers. Or HDR. I'm only admit. Fully admit my previous TV rubed me about HDR. That okay. wasn't real. This, this is this is Tokimeki real. Memorial. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I, ha- I certainly haven't spent a thousand hours with that video. I game. like that. There's no argument that Donkey Kong Country is hard. That's just because <laughs> yes. it's the monkey. My my logic was correct. No, for right. Frank, I, I just changed it to Tokimeki Memorial. Oh, yeah, because it's got it's got Sorry. soul in yeah. it. Okay, so uh, we got Tokimeki Memorial. We got Dune. We got Echo the Dolphin. Uh-huh. We got uh, what? What were our finals for Fire and Air? Oh, Christ. I like Skies of Arcadia. Skies of Arcadia yeah. for Air is good, and Fire. It's that's hard. I don't know. You got 17 seconds. Burning Rangers or Tim's <laughs> one. Sakurazaka Show Bowtie. Sakurazaka Show Bowtie is a lot weirder. Yeah, fair enough. The Show Bowtie. You get the show boat and you get to show a bow tie. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You've won me over. I love that game, man. All right. Someday the world will begin to understand why. We'll see. If Nintendo released a new version of Rob today, what would it be able to do? No, it would be Alexa, you rube. It would be able to call the cops and tell them when you're doing anything. <laughs> it would it would be called Nim Rob, and it would keep hey. an eye on your transactions. 
<laughs> it, w- it would be able to be hacked by a 12 year old somewhere around the world to um, drain your bank account. You drain your bank account, get your photos off your phone, blow up your refrigerator. It, it would be mining Bitcoin the entire time for someone else. Realistically, it would be one of these nostalgia toys like this Game & Watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't actually provide you any value, but you have to buy it because it's a boxed product that's a Nintendo thing. Yeah, you know what it would do? It would take up space in your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would probably be an alarm clock like Game & Watch is. It'd probably have an amiibo aspect It would probably to it. only say, yeah. wake up, Mario. It would call you Mario. <laughs> <laughs> wake up, Mario. You can choose whether it calls you Mario or Peach. Wake up, Peach. Okay, it would be controlled by your phone. Um, yeah. yeah. Or moving it around. Be slightly smaller than the original. A lot shinier, like shiny new plastic. Yeah. And it wouldn't play video games. It would just be a horrible toy. Yeah, it'd be like one of those dancing flowers. Yeah. Oh, it might it might have it might do the solar thing, right? Like maybe oh, oh that would be too clever yeah. now. I don't know. If you, if you plugged it into your uh the your component port on your circa two thousand six the ten eighty p HD TV, it would it would let you play. Star Fox 64 stretched. <laughs> Does it still get dangerously hot when you play Gyromite? <laughs> Does Rob get hot? Yeah. Hot Robbie. Really? Yeah, people burn themselves on Rob all the time. All the time? All the time. <laughs> wow. Like, today, has anybody burned themselves on a Rob? Like literally today? I can't imagine there's anything that happens with Rob all the time. Yeah. For anybody. Three children every hour. <laughs> Burn themselves on a Rob toy. I'm not looking only, this up on Wikipedia right now. Not only children, American children. Yeah. They're so out Rob there. should be on the fire plinth. Oh, yeah. Gyromite. Oh, gyromite. Gyrate that dynamite. Okay. It would, like, they, they would try to do something. Frank, could it perpetually stack things? Stack and unstack? Like well, it yeah, I could do that, but I was thinking it, at bare minimum, it will launch a, a top like a spinning top mm-hmm. yeah so it mm-hmm. might at least you know it might come with a little ramp or something and you could just put a spinning top in it and it'll drop it and it'll move i mean if we got a ramp then i'm starting to think about all kinds of things put put him on a skateboard let him let him be extreme give him sunglasses <laughs> sure accessory pack i mean why not Rob. you know it's probably just gonna play super mario brothers again they're just gonna sell it to you again oh yeah nintendo releases a version of super mario brothers I'm pretty sure every year. And I don't, I don't think I'm exaggerating. Yeah. yeah. They, have you tried that Super Mario 35? I haven't. I looked nope. at it on Twitch and I was just like, I don't want to play but that. I, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, you know, Nintendo's got that Mario Kart where there's a camera on the front of the cart and you can drive it around your house and it can go through this course that you set up with this sort of yeah. AR thing. And you can uh, you can play it on your Switch or is it on your TV? Play it on your TV, whatever. And you watch the the, the Mario Kart drive around. Now, Rob would also be an AR product where there would be one camera in each of his eyes and they would sell it would come with the Rob. There would be a cardboard attachment that fits a uh, quote unquote most smartphones and you would put your smartphone in it and then Rob would be connected to your router. You would they would come with a controller as well. You could basically put the, the VR headset on with your phone and you could see out of Rob's eyes even when you are outside of your house. Yeah. And you could you could oh, rotate yeah. him with the little joystick and you could watch <laughs> You could just be at home when you're not at home <laughs> because once the coronavirus is over, people are going to miss their house. People are going to they're going to feel weird going outside. And to ease the transition, Rob will he'll be your buddy at home that you can visit his eyes when you feel inclined. Your reclusive operating buddy. 
You can even play video games on your TV through his eyes. Have you seen those cameras where it's like a little box with a camera in it and you can like shoot treats at your cat at yeah. home? Rob could do that. Oh yeah, you sure. can throw treats. Other yeah. people could also tunnel into your Rob so they can sit next to you and watch TV and VR. So yeah. like your buddy, your buddy in, I don't know, Pakistan, let's say, he could put on a headset and watch Gods of Egypt on 4K Blu-ray on your... Oh, this is starting to sound like a real thing. We got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Rob. Yeah. Realistically, it's just going to be a terrible toy. And like, if you push down on its head, it makes the Mario coin sound. That's actually ba-ding, it. Ba-doing, ba-doing. <laughs> and component cable. Yeah. Which video game has the best map? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That's not true. Not true. Then why would <laughs> nope. you say it? Why would you lie to me, Brandon? It's got the best Atlas. Part of the show is about his best life. Atlas to ever come with a video game is that world Atlas. That real Earth is uh, is, uh, is a tough one to beat when it comes to uh, trying to make up a fake Earth. It always yeah, feels so it's got to be Flight Simulator. Right. Oh, yeah, kaboom. Yeah, the best map is the new flight simulator that has like spatial anomalies in it where you can just like fly through Brazil. And it's you, you've seen all these weird glitches and stuff, right? Where like, yeah, a building gets interpreted as infinitely high. Yeah, I think I that's have. a good map. Okay, I'm just trying to think of like what are open world games where everywhere is cool. I can't think of one. I think that controlled world maps are a lot better. Yeah. I really like the world of, for example, Legend of Oasis the Saturn, but they don't have a mini map in there, so you can never tell where you're going. But I feel mm-hmm. like if I did have a mini map, then I would really like that map because everything is connected in a little hub world, but it's all very explicitly designed. Not that game, but something like that game is what I think would be the best map where it's it's like all meticulously designed. There are multiple pathways through, but you can really get a sense of where you are. Like you get into this zone and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm over here. So that means I need to go this way. I want the Yakuza maps to be cool, but they're not quite there. No, not like quite. I, I want to be able to, if I see enemies coming, just kind of duck into a shopping mall area and come out another side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a good point about Yakuza, which is if you are trying to duck into a shop to get away from guys, then you just come back out in the same spot there's no there's nothing else to do with that it would be nice yeah. to come out the other side and that's the fun of a of an interesting city environment like that right is going into like an indoor market and coming out somewhere else mm-hmm. so i thought you could do that in yakuza 3 but it turned out i was just confused and you were coming out in the same area because <laughs> <laughs> they have that market zone that you can go into like you go into this arcade and then there's like a market where you can take quests about getting a giant fish or whatever. I thought there was a separate exit, but it turned out I was I was wrong. So then maybe the best maps are in the Silent Hill games? No. They're too spooky. Well, they're they're also, they're just when nothing. When you come out, you come out in a different place. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're I saying, see. but I, see. Yeah. I get that. It's yeah. scripted, though. I'm just saying it'd be cool to be able to, like, hide from guys and come out somewhere else. Yeah. You know, decide to go up on the roof, and maybe there's, like, a little bonus goodie up there, and then a a ledge that gets you to the next building and you go down and come out of there. Like that, that's, that's what I mean. The maps in rise of the tomb Raider are pretty nicely made and it gives you that open world feel without being open world at all. It's, it's all contained, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's well connected and I can recognize where I am by landmarks and where I'm trying to go. And, uh, but it's, it's not my favorite, but I like that style a lot. Well, you know, the map in Spider-Man is fairly, miraculous because you can be spider-man anywhere on that map that's true Mm, you know unless unless you're specifically going out to sea you can web sling anywhere in a fun way that you don't have to think about and it's not 
like he's you know attaching it to a cloud or whatever he's attaching it to a real place so it, it does seem like a meticulously designed web slinging map i have a web sling did a lot around the spider-man maps so first of all i want to point out that there's one grievous error with the map in spider-man is that the lights are on in my apartment at night <laughs> that's not true uh that is not real that is inauthentic my apartment building is in spider-man and it even has the right number on it which is terrifying oh and god it's like and the the details of it are very 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 correct and uh it that's a little strange i climbed up the window and looked in and the lights are on in there which is wrong as someone who knows a lot of the areas in spider-man and has slung around in the game and in real life it's a very very sublimely condensed manhattan they've gamified manhattan for spider-man very very well in those games you know related to that in Watch Dogs 2, I do kind of like the oh yeah the 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 tiny Oakland and tiny San Francisco they have just like the wished Bay Area. My old because, apartment is in that tiny Oakland. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, are the lights on or off? <laughs> uh, the lights are off because you can't see in the windows. And you can't see in there. The thing I like about that is it's like way tinier versions of the real deal, but I still know where stuff is relative to where I am because. Mm-hmm. It's it's at least laid out correctly. Like Chinatown is in the right spot compared to downtown. That's kind of fun. I like that. I like I like being able to know where I'm going. That's always fun. The best maps are maps based on real cities. I yeah. wouldn't I'm say hearing. that. I mean that that's a cool aspect. That that that's yeah. the whipped cream bonus to me of the Spider-Man map. Well, the real answer. Two answers. Uh, uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Uh, whether it's the best Zelda or not, that's one of the best uh, level uh, holistic level designs. I would say that overworld sure. map. And then number two is just The Witcher Three, for God's sake. So that's all me. right. There you go. What is the free bird of video games? Uh, oh no! Uh, like, like Super Mario Brothers Game and Watch. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it's <laughs> Mario Brothers because they keep releasing it every year. You know what? I've never heard the song Free Bird. It's fine. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't I, I don't really need I didn't need any opinion spoilers on it. Uh, it's well, a- <laughs> break down the question, though. What is, what is the what is Free Bird to us? Uh, to me, Free Bird is a song that gets ubiquitously requested at every live performance, no matter who's playing. In the even uh, even uh, with a band that probably would never. Because I right. do feel like that joke is it's a bad joke. Is now over. It's a really bad joke, right? Doesn't happen for a while. Yeah, I mean, nobody's yeah. been to a concert in a while. It's a bad joke, no question. Nobody likes it, and I think nobody's actually ever liked the joke. And even the people who make it, they do it because they wish they were dead. Right? So is it the <laughs> right. ang- angry video game nerd then? Well, Bioshock. Mm. No. Uh... <laughs> Okay, I think it's E.T. and or Superman 64. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that people eternally hate on. Right. Without having actually like thought but about it. But people them. do like free. Like, it's just the, the those are the joke games. Those are the right. two. Not only do they hate on them, they hate on them in a way where you can tell they believe they are clever. Right. By invoking the name of that game as a bad game. Exactly. It's the, uh, you know, it, it's it's the eggs are good hangover food of video game opinions. Everybody knows that. I've never even had a hangover, and I know that you should eat eggs when you have a hangover. Lord, right? Just eat something greasy. It soaks up the alcohol. It's, it's, like it's also the, the, the Die Hard is a Christmas movie thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Where it's exactly. just like, I, I feel like I'm part of a cool team if I really believe this. If I say that E.T. is the worst game ever, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, the first result to show up uh, when you type Freebird into Google, uh, there's a YouTube result. Leonard Skinner, Freebird, 
1970 Oakland Coliseum. Nice. So I like Freebird, the song. Yeah, it's okay. Leonard Skinner, kind of a racist band. Oh, I've though. heard the song. I've heard this song. Yeah, but that's kind not of what a racist the band. Is. Yeah, kind of a racist band, but that a bum bum bam 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 bam. That's a really good riff. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to show like some guys just being guys, like you want to cut from something in a movie <laughs> to like yeah. some dudes being dudes. Like, yeah. to right. just be like, oh, the mission was hard, but now we're relaxing with some beers. Hanging around uh, some hay bales. Yeah. Listening to it on, like, their their weird uh, uh, ramshackle airplane that they fly from from mission to mission. I'm talking about the Expendables here. Okay? Yeah, right before the big scene where, like, half the cast dies. Yeah, well, what's, what's the spirit in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> Going off to the spirit in the sky gonna get there when i die when i die right? <laughs> i mean i have this elaborate joke going in my life uh yeah. with my buddy with my buddy ryan <laughs> i think we all know ryan uh sure. to a certain extent uh, where i i insist that the song uh spirit in the sky <laughs> it plays during the opening credits of the big lebowski <laughs> Uh, it's, it's like it's, trying to mandela affect it's, it's, him it's, it's it's a very difficult joke because we i i mean i i can barely pretend it's true and he knows it's not true, though I just keep doing it. Uh, it actually opens up the the film Miami Blues, which is one of my favorite films. So the the joke is that, you know, it actually opens up. It's at the beginning of Miami Blues and The Big Lebowski. It's not true for The Big Lebowski, though. Uh, that would it's work fun. on me because I watched The Big Lebowski once and I hated it. And so oh. if you, anything you told me about being in there, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably true. It sounds like something annoying. Have any of you seen Ghost Rider 2? Yes. Yes. Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. So you will know this, but I'm going to say this anyway. In the original Marvel comics, there was a character called Ghost Rider before this Ghost Rider, and he was a sort of a cowboy guy, right? He was a cowboy yeah. ghost on a, on a horse. Johnny Cowboy. They introduce him in this movie basically for no reason, but there is a good reason, which is that the two Ghost Riders start riding to the song Ghost Riders, Ghost Riders in, in the, the sky. sky. And then the Riders in the, the sky. sky. Riders in the storm. Riders in the sky. Spirit in the sky. I'm seeing the connection. Smoke on the water. Let's go on to our lightning round, shall we? I want to just pause on this moment where they invested all of this stuff in this movie to have this joke that took about like 15 minutes to set up. Yeah, Ghost Rider 2 uh, kind of owns... And it my does. question is, when are they going to get that Nick Cage back in the MCU? Right. We're turning this into a movie podcast now. There aren't any podcasts where people talk about those Marvel movies, no. are there? I'd no. get him to play like the Beyonder in the Secret Wars movie. That's me. No, he's the Ghost Rider or Superman. He can play Superman in the MCU. Oh, my God. In the MCU, yeah. sure. <laughs> MCU-perman. Or who's the Superman equivalent on the Squadron Supreme? Okay, I'm getting too comic booky. Let's go on to the lightning round. Bizarro Superman. He's a Marvel character, right? Yeah. We shouldn't sure. shouldn't Bizarro Superman be a Marvel character, not a DC character, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's my joke. That's all I got. Okay, here's the lightning round. I'm going to show you a picture of a Pokemon and give you its name, and you have to make up a Pokedex entry for it. Uh, in the games, the Pokedex entry is like a line of flavor text that tells you a little bit about the monster and its behaviors in the wild or its properties. So mm -hmm. just make up a fact about this Pokemon. All uh, right. Lis listeners can play along by Googling the name of each Pokemon as I say it. Think of trying to spell it correctly as part of the game. Excellent. All right. Your Pikachu. first Pokemon. Pikachu. It, no, it's not going to be any of the ones you know. These are from Pikachu. like Generation 3 through 6. You don't know what six. ones I know. <laughs> Fair enough. 
<laughs> if it is, uh, I'll be very surprised. Is it Eevee? Pikachu uh, is yeah. one, right? This one is Sableye. Sableye. Oh I know my Sableye. god! Sableye is in the is, is in the uh, the puzzle game Pokemon Shuffle. Okay. Sableye is occasionally referred to as the billion dollar view. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Done. Yeah, the billion dollar view. Also, he's Pikachu. Yeah, he's also a Gengar's uh, baby. Yeah. Braviary. Braviary. Those are oh, Braviary's. Uh, oh my lord. Braviary embodies the spirit of its country because uh, it's an eagle and it's um, it's America. Uh, Braviary's feet actually are not feet; they are hands. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, that's that's actually much more like a Pokedex entry. Yeah, they're actually arms. M- Mime Junior. Mime Junior does not have a good relationship with his father. <laughs> <laughs> My, like Mime Junior was kicked out of the house uh, at age three months. <laughs> Garchomp. Wow. Garchomp. Um, oh, those things on his head are definitely used for. They're detachable. Gar, okay. Gar, Garchomp's yellow pelvis is used to scare away potential mates. Just <laughs> <laughs> nice. scare them away. Yeah, okay. Would, yeah, that's good. Okay, your next one is Toxicroak. Toxicroak. I feel like at, at some point with these Pokedex entries, you just wind up with something that they like to eat. So I yeah. think to- it'll be like Toxicroak loves eating tiny parfaits. Toxicroak swallows his gum 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Volcarona. Oh, Volcarona. 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 Ooh, a weird looking thing. Volcarona bloom only on a full moon because it looks like a flower. Yeah. Comes, it comes out of there, pupates out of there. Uh, its six wings allow it to, to fly six times worse than any other, uh, <laughs> than a regular butterfly. Aurorus. Aurorus. Aurorus, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm looking at this one. Aurorus is on an eternal quest for a hairstylist that um, will meet its particular needs. I don't know about this one. So. <laughs> That's the entry. I don't know about this one. I like that. <laughs> dot, nobody's. Dot, dot. No, oh, that mine is. Nobody's ever actually seen one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Ludicolo. <laughs> oh, oh, Ludicolo is standing right behind you. <laughs> Ludicolo just saw something wild. <laughs> oh man! Accidentally um, got left in the game. Yeah, L- Ludicolo uh, can store uh, chips and dip on a tag. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to give the victory this episode to Frank because the only way to win this game was not to play. Uh, this was a good game, though. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. I might do it again. I enjoyed it. Uh, does anybody have any recommendations or plugs they'd like to give mm, at this point in the show? Plug. Well, I already did Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance. So I'm yeah. <laughs> Is that available streaming on anything? Uh, yes. I don't good. remember if we had to rent it or if it was on a thing but we we definitely watched it streaming somewhere i went and saw that in the theater nice uh ghost rider spirit of vengeance is the rare movie the only movie in all of history that has this distinction for me personally i'm gonna tell you what it is i went to the bathroom partway through the movie okay in the seat we're talking about it in the theater like the movie's still playing yeah while the Mm -hmm. movie's still playing got it in the theater i had to go real bad dribble down the pants ran into the bathroom it was there was a bathroom right next to the theater right i ran into the bathroom went to the bathroom ran back movie was over so i do not know i missed the last 30 (laughs) seconds of the movie and i did not know it was about to end i had no 
there was just no precognition that it was about to end. I had no clue. I could not. I can't believe I got duped that hard. So I still don't know how it ends. That's a shame because I love the ending of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance and I reference <laughs> it to my friends all the time. Yeah. It must end very suddenly because it was like it's, in the middle of an action scene. It, it does end very suddenly and it's great. And you can watch it right now on the Stars Network. Oh, Stars with a Z. Uh, with a Z. Stars, with oh. a Z, Jerry. Well, you could probably also watch it on Fandango where I watched the thing that I'm about to describe to you. When are we going to get that skirmish. Fandango endorsement? Is what I want. Give, me that, give me that Dango. They should just change their name to Dango. Dango Unchained. So, so Jaron Hines plays uh, Mephistopheles in Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance and Steppenwolf in Justice League. He plays like two CG demons in two different movies. He's also Julius Caesar in HBO's Rome. Another CG Mance demon. Mance Raider in Game of Thrones. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt any. It's okay. I was going to talk about this movie called Love and Monsters, which L&M. um, is a movie that came out this year and... It's not based on a book or a comic or anything. Uh-oh. An apocalypse happens where all the insects and lizards get real big. And uh, they eat all the humans. And all the humans live underground. But then this one guy wants to have a road movie style situation. He's not very good at fighting or shooting or whatever. And he, but he, he finds out that his, um, his girlfriend from seven years ago, before, uh, right, right when the uh, apocalypse happened, he finds out, finds out she's in another fallout shelter place that's 85 miles away and it's a week's journey to get there and so he has a journey he meets a dog he fights a bunch of weird bug creatures that don't really all make total sense but what i really liked about this movie and this could go either way for a lot of people it's like it's just a movie you watch it and then you're like oh i was pretty good it's not demanding of you it's not stupid but it's not like it doesn't challenge you in any way but in a good way (laughs) You can just watch it. You can just watch it from start to finish, have a little journey, and then throw it away. Throw it out of your thought. It's good, clean fun is what it's you're saying. It's good, clean fun. It doesn't haunt you. It doesn't... Honk you? Try to get edgy. It's not trying to, like, get up in your mix with stuff. It's just, like, have an adventure with some fun sci-fi. It's all original stuff. It's not based on anything. And then it's over. It's good. It's well made. It's made by the... The person who did that Five Fingers from Marseille, I think it's called, movie, um, which is like a South African Western, modern Western film that's like very serious and good and stuff. But um, so it's directed by a real proper director, but it's it's just this kind of goofy for teens movie that you can watch. And I really liked it because it was a little escapism. So you can enjoy that whenever it's on some sort of a streaming thing other than Fandango. Fandango's good, though. Yeah. I like how you didn't say that you can enjoy it on Fandango. It's you can enjoy it when it's somewhere else. Well, I mean, you can enjoy it on Fandango if you want to spend twenty dollars. <laughs> you can enjoy it on Fandango if they uh, pay us to advertise Fandango. Yeah. It it costs twenty bucks on Fandango and Amazon Prime both right now, so Got you it. can watch it somewhere, but you have to spend twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. I know. <laughs> It's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of dollars. I just spent less than that last night on a movie that just came out this week. Yeah. Well, this did just come out quite recently. Oh, it was. Oh, it wasn't last night. It was the night before. It was um, Insert, Insert Coin, which is that documentary about Midway games. Oh, you know what? Screw, yeah, I'll, I'll recommend that. If you don't mind. Insert Coin is uh, Josh Sway, who worked at Midway starting in 93, um, has been working on a documentary about that developer for the last, I believe, five or six years. It finally came out, I think, last week. It's very good it's real interesting it ties their games together in a way that i didn't realize until seeing them all back to back i didn't realize that the game narc just predicts everything 
the Midway would ever do. Like oh, NARC Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam are in NARC. Like wow. the DNA is all there. It's, they it's narked kind of on their own future. If you would like to explore more on that particular topic of NARC, NBA Jam, and uh, Mortal Kombat, watch uh, Chapter 5 of my Doom review. Significantly cheaper than the $15 to buy Insert Coin through <laughs> Alamo Drafthouse. But actually, the cool thing also about Insert Coin, and it, it's at insertcoindoc.com, is that the only way to watch it right now is to pay a movie theater online. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's neat. It's got a list of like local theaters that you can pay to watch this movie. Oh, Keeping cool. that theater alive. Yeah, I was confused about that movie because I always thought it was about the website that started in in two thousand one about with all that like new game journalism stuff. I always thought right. that's what Insert Coin. Was. Yeah, and then he never contacted me to interview me. Yeah, it's weird. Insert Coin. I'm I'm making a yeah. joke about. How I get the joke to yeah, say Insert Credit was in. We all get the joke. Right. Time. Okay, I'm just making sure. Just making sure. I'm glad somebody made the joke so that our commenters don't have to. Speaking of which, uh, does anyone else have a recommendation or am I up? I'll recommend something next week. Okay. We'll see. Well, I recommend you tune in next week for Tim Rogers' recommendation. Yeah, tune on in. I recommend you tune in next week for Tim's recommendation. But I also recommend that if you're listening to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or any platform, you can subscribe to podcasts that you do that for this show. You could also leave us a review, if possible. It's a great way to increase our visibility, like this one from Ruben Vigorous, who gave us five stars and says, I don't even like games, but I do now. Uh, wow. Tell some friends about it uh, when they ask for podcast recommendations or just whenever the subject of video games comes up or whenever you're talking to anybody, you can uh, steer the conversation towards video games. All so you time. can mention this podcast. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash insert credit or you can subscribe at any level, submit your own questions, get episodes one day early and even exclusive access to monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive content. Right now, we're collecting responses for our annual Game of the Year and Best Game of All Time episodes. So you can find links to our survey at forums.insertcredit.com or on Twitter. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Zafaldi. Tim is at 108. And Brandon is at Necrosofty. This show's editor is Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zafaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. You know who I like is Mimikyu. Mimikyu's a very Brandon Sheffield Pokemon. <laughs> I like Mimikyu for two reasons. One, because it wants to be Pikachu and uh-huh. is just wearing a crappy sack. And the other is because mechanically, take a hit and not get any damage from it. That rules. Great Pokemon to rotate in when a big attack is coming and you don't want to deal with it. Mimikyu is also my little brother's child favorite Pokemon. He has a Mimikyu plush that he carries around and whips around and yells Mimikyu, Mimikyu over and over again. <laughs> That would nice. probably sour you to the uh, to the Pokemon just a little bit. Maybe a tiny bit.